This is a dart of Brussels. Can the UK act independently in international organisations? This is a, a question that's come from Gary Robinson. Good evening, Gary. Uh, who is one of our Twitter followers and has followed the instructions on the tweets and sent in this question. Uh, he he wants to ask, he asked more specifically about one of the provisions in uh, the treaties, uh, Article 34 of the uh, Treaty on European Union. Uh, he said, you know, why does this uh, provision mean that uh, we can't act independently, whereas somewhere like Switzerland can? For those of you who, who aren't in the habit of reading uh, EU treaties, it's perhaps worth summarising briefly what uh, that uh, article actually says. Um, in essence, it says that member states should coordinate their uh, activities within international organisations and that they should aim to uphold the common positions of the European Union uh, within those bodies. And in areas and organisations, rather, where not all member states are present, uh, those member states that are present should continue to do that, keep everyone else uh, informed uh, of what they're doing. Now, uh, clearly, uh, the UK finds itself in a somewhat particular position in this regard as uh, one of only two member states that is always going to be in the UN Security Council, uh, and as a uh, country that has a very wide membership of international organisations. But you know, it's also worth pointing out that, that France is in a, in a very similar position. What this uh, really uh, provides for is an attempt to ensure that uh, the provisions around common foreign and security policy, uh, uh, defence policy as well, those things are not merely uh, pursued through the uh, offices of the EU itself, but also that member states uh, try to uh, uh, provide some kind of uh, support uh, to them in uh, other international fora. Now, I think it's important here to stress that uh, the language that the treaty uses is one of coordination. Now, it tasks the, the high representative uh, of uh, the European Union with uh, organising that coordination. But uh, coordination is not the same as uh, imposing uh, an absolute requirement that uh, member states should uh, always only follow what the EU says. And there are two, I think, clear reasons for that. The first one is a European issue, which is that the EU doesn't have uh, common positions on everything in the world. Foreign security uh, policy is, um, if you like, an addition to national foreign policies. That where member states can see that they have the capacity to do things together, that then they do things together. And as uh, even a cursory glance over the past uh, two decades will show since Maastricht, uh, you've got plenty of occasions where member states have disagreed, uh, most obviously with the uh, Iraq war or with intervention in Libya uh, or Syria for that matter, where it's not been possible to find common ground and as such the EU has no policy. So in a lot of areas there is no common position to defend. Uh, 
Second aspect is that uh, uh, member states clearly retain particular interests and there are things where they will choose uh, to follow different lines. Now you can see that, for example, in the Security Council where uh, France and the UK uh, find themselves not infrequently on different sides of an issue uh, and uh, that also goes for when other member states are present on the Security Council. So in that kind of really particular environment we haven't really seen coordination go very far and there's no sanction uh, applied uh, or that can reasonably be applied uh, on member states if they don't follow uh, a common position. What we do see though is a lot of coordination elsewhere in the the UN's uh, family of organisations so for example in the World Health Organisation, in the uh, International International Atomic Energy uh, Authority you do see the EU states actually working together very closely. So one of the reasons why uh, the EU was as influential as it was in relation to uh, Iran and lifting of sanctions was partly because of its coordination through the IAEA. In essence here, though, uh, we have a situation where the language of a treaty can uh, be read in a, a maximalist kind of way, which I think is partly where Gary was coming from. But I think actually in practice, the uh, the impact and the constraint that it imposes on member states is uh, relatively limited. And again, the, the capacity for states to uh, follow their own path is one which is uh, still relatively unconstrained. <laughs>